Hey, welcome to Victory in the Night. My name is Jennifer McCants, and I'm so glad you chose to tune in with me. Let's go ahead and get started on our topic for the night, which is, Such as he had, he gave to me. Tonight's scripture reading is coming from Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. Now, I do appreciate all translations, but my favorite is the New King James Version. And so tonight, I'll be reading from that translation. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Okay, so how did this become victory in my night season? And I'm sharing this with you because I know it's going to become victory in your night season as well. I put up a Facebook status that says, sometimes I'm tired of being me. And sometimes I want a complete do-over. But then I, I remember that the sanctification process is worth me embracing because I'm reminded of how a perfect God called me into his perfection. I'm reminded of how my insecurities are opportunities to know him a little deeper. It's okay. It feels lonely, but the truth is I'm not alone. And one of my brothers in Christ uh, participated in uh, the the Facebook post and added a comment. And as we dialogued a little bit back and forth, uh, the way that I was feeling on the inside of me was very dark or as most would say, depressive or depressing. And it's interesting how in that moment, I knew immediately how sweet the moment of prayer would be if I would only pray. I knew how sacred the time of worship would be if I simply just worshiped. And I told him, I said, this is the exchange, but it can't happen if we aren't honest to bring it to him. And in the Facebook post, uh, I don't know if you know where that section says you can add a little extra to how you're feeling or whatever. And I just so happened to feel connected to the description of feeling welcomed. And immediately 
I knew it was going to be a piece. And when I say a piece, I mean something poetic or just something to kind of get out of my my heart onto uh, paper or my notepad on my iPhone. And so it goes a little something like this. Such as he had, he gave it to me. His hands like mine, skin real to the touch, eyes like fresh washed windows. And I could see me when I looked at him. And with no words, I could hear the invitation. Within him was something different. In his voice was something powerful. All he did was extend his hand, so I extended mine. Even though I felt everything in me scream, you aren't worthy. You can't do it. You'll never change. I chose to move by his welcome because such as he had, he gave to me. And so I want to give you three points that I noticed in Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. There were so many things that stood out. And I think I might do a part two, but I'll wait to see uh, how the Lord moves on this. But there were three huge things that stood out to me tonight that I want to share with you. All right, so point number one, on my way up. When we look at Acts chapter 3, the text says that Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. I don't know about you, but do you ever just feel like there's things, something in the atmosphere, something on the inside of you that just gets in the way of you going up? Well, point number one, on, on our way up, on my way up, I had to ask myself some honest questions like, what do I take with me on my way to commune and or fellowship with God? Do I take my Bible, my notebook and my, you know, something to write with? So that way I make sure I'm showing him that I'm not just coming to say a whole bunch of stuff to him. But I, I want to hear back from him and I want to I want to remember what he said. Is it hunger and thirst with the expectation of being filled? Is it an ungrateful heart? What are we bringing to present to him? Now, the Bible says that John, uh, Peter and John were on their way up because uh, it's a certain hour, you know, so they're they're practicing their faith uh, in, in corporate prayer. But then I noticed something. I couldn't really quite relate to Peter and John in this text. I found myself relating to the lame man. Interesting enough, as we walk through the scripture, it says that in verse two, that a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. So literally, this individual would go up to the temple like everyone else, but he failed, like sometimes we fail to go in with an expectation or just to know that we're worthy to go in. And so I put here that sometimes we don't want change. We just want change. And I I thought that was a little cool and catchy because he was going to the place that could change his life, but he wasn't necessarily interested in that kind of change. He was interested in money, that kind of change. 
He was interested in something that was perishable, something that would never really sustain him in his situation because money obviously wasn't fixing his ailments. Money wasn't fixing the fact that he had to be carried by other people. And so if we be honest with ourselves, sometimes on our way up, we're not really wanting to go up. We're willing to meet God at the door, but not really willing to walk into the door. We want to change, but we don't want change. Like, again, I don't want to change, but I want change. I want the instant gratification of the transformation. I don't want the work. I don't want the sleepless nights or the early mornings. And so I can see myself sometimes like him. I can see that maybe like you too, at some point, we convince others to participate in our unwillingness to be more than our feelings or our situations present us to be. And sometimes we feel worthy enough to approach God, but not worthy enough to enter into his definition of beauty. I looked at a picture of the gate called Beautiful, and it was literally a beautiful construction um, prior to entering into the temple. I don't find it ironic that it's coloring as well. Being out there in Jerusalem around all that, like that sandy brown, you know, uh, (laughs) that beige kind of color. And then here's this entryway that's ivory or white. And if when the sun hits it just right, just it, it illuminates the entire place. And so here it is, this individual, or maybe if we be honest with ourselves, here it is, we are willing to approach God. But we're not willing to say that we're worthy enough to enter into his definition of us. And so on our way up, we have to ask ourselves some some really good questions, some examining ourselves kind of questions. Am I going so that I can get what I want to stay the way that I am? Or do I really want to be transformed? Not just in the likeness and the image of God. There's something way and far greater than that. But I really want the glory. I really want to look like him. Jesus says, If you've seen the Father, you have seen me. But is that something we really want on our way up as we go into prayer? For some of us who still may uh, go into um, in-person worship, is that something that we really want? Some of us who may go to our life groups or um, some of our, our Bible studies with our friends or family members, are we really going to those things with the intent that we want to be transformed by the word of God, that we want to be different every time that we encounter the word and we encounter fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And so such as he had, he gave to us. But are we really, really, really willing to go up to get it? Point number two, he fixed his eyes on me. Now, again, I'm coming from the perspective of the layman, not so much as Peter and John. And 
I, I'm just grateful for the way the Lord illuminated this text tonight because I never really saw myself as the lame man. Typically, I see myself as Peter and John realizing that I carry the glory of God. I have the Holy, I mean, I'm full of the Holy Ghost, baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues and being able to rightly divide the word and all this religious stuff. That's That's quite great. And seeing myself most times relating to Peter and John and realizing that I should give what I have. But today the Lord did something different. And he did something victorious by showing me as the lame man. And my second point tonight is he fixed his eyes on me. Now you got to remember that like Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And so whenever we come in contact with another believer, um, or if you're unsaved and you're listening to this, anytime you come in contact with someone who is a follower of Christ, most times, if they're really walking the walk and not so much just the talk, you're going to see the father in them. You're going to know that he or she is truly a disciple of Christ by the way that they love and by the way that they carry the word of God, not just in word, but in deed. And so what I saw was how he fixed his eyes on us. The Bible says in uh, Acts chapter three, verse four, and fixing his eyes on him. What was even more interesting about this too, was it wasn't just Peter who fixed his eyes. It was also John that fixed his eyes. It was amazing just seeing myself as this lame man sitting at this beautiful entryway of the temple and and two of God's people, they both saw me. That's a double blessing to be seen by the eyes of God. It, 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 <laughs> oh man, if I could really take this thing where I want to take it, I would. But I'm going to let God move on your heart and I'm going to let him speak to you because guess what? He has fixed his eyes on you, not just at the point of salvation, but even beyond salvation. His eyes are on you to see you all the way through to the end of a thing, not just the things that are easy. And that's what I want to drill in this second point as well. Not just the things that are easy. But the things that are difficult, because you got to take a look at yourself and be honest and say, listen, sometimes when I assess me, I don't believe that I am worthy of God's eyes looking on me. I don't think that my situation or where I presently am or find myself is a place that God would even be willing to come into. Now, first and foremost, that is a lie from the devil. <laughs> but then there's a place in ourselves where I think in our Christian walk, sometimes we're always focused on the outer things. Like we're always looking at how people see us. We're always thinking about um, how will this be perceived or seen. Uh, we're always living most times from the outside in and not from the inside out. And just to be a little bit transparent, this this space, this season of my life that I'm in, where I have to look 
on the inside because I've neglected so much about myself. Now, we're not talking about self-care per se. I'm not against it, all right? But I'm talking about when you have to start dealing with the reality that you have over-spiritualized things that are just simple, like you've put off the way you eat, thinking you could just pray it away, or you thought that you could just spiritualize every relationship that comes into your life when sometimes, hey, we're just going out to eat. Let's go catch a movie. Let's go home. (laughs) You know, God is in everything that we do. The Bible talks about in all things that we do, do it to the glorification of God. And so you can sit down and watch TV with your children to the glorification of God. You can drive (laughs) to the glorification of God. When you're at work, do your work with excellence to the glorification of God. You don't even have to say the name Jesus and yet he will still be seen because guess what? He has fixed his eyes on you. He has set his gaze on you, on me. And there's something about his eyes on us. You feel like, oh man, if you've ever been at the mall and it's those people selling stuff in the middle of the mall, you just know, yo, don't make eye contact. (laughs) Because the minute you make eye contact, they are going to begin trying to lure you in. It's something so powerful. The Bible talks about how the eyes are the gates of our souls. The the eyes are the gates into our, our being. And here it is. Their eyes were fixed on this man. And even if there had been a slight moment of him trying to turn his eyes away, they commanded him by saying, look at us. Peter said, look at us. And I hear the Lord saying to you tonight, look at me. Open your word and look at me. Stand in front of the mirror and look at me. Because he wants to show you what he sees. And I noticed (laughs) that the Bible says that in verse 5, so he gave them his attention. He, He responded to that God fixing his eyes on him. By giving him his attention. I wonder what God is asking you to give your attention to in this season. In this night hour of your walk with with in Christ. What is God asking you to give your attention to? And I know sometimes you feel like, well, I don't I don't think this is going to turn out the way that I, I want it to turn out. And there's a scripture in the book of James. You know, you have not because you ask not. And you have not because you ask amiss that you may fulfill your own lust. And so sometimes it's hard to look at God and to look into his word and really find out what he's saying about you or about us in a in a particular situation or season of our lives only because our motives are not pure. And this gentleman was sitting at the temple uh at the temple gate and His intentions, his motives were not to be healed, not to have an encounter, not 
not anything but just gaining, 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 and not realizing that all that he did gain, however much money he would make on an average day, still didn't fix the fact that he was dependent on other people, that he was lame, crippled, or had some kind of deficiency, and he was just sitting at this this entryway of beautiful, never fully coming into it. And so I just want to encourage you, don't allow your fears or your inability to predict how this thing is going to come out to make you not respond to him saying, look at me. You should look at him by opening up your word and seeing what he wants to show you. And my last point, point number three, I got the unexpected. Oh my goodness. Again, this this story is loaded. And again, if the Holy Spirit gives me permission, we're definitely going to (laughs) do a part two or just, we're just going to have at it. Okay, you know, and move the points out the way. But point number three, he received, he got the unexpected. The Bible says that in Acts chapter three, verse five, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And so even though on our way up, there's always still an expectation even when his eyes is fixed on us and we may not feel like God will do it or respond the way we want him to respond, there's still an expectation. But I like that he got the unexpected because the scripture says that he looked at them expecting to receive something from them. And in this point, I want you to understand the big principle at work here is expectation. He expected something. Now, I know you're probably thinking like, well, Jen, he expected some money. (laughs) But nonetheless, God moved on the expectation. So sometimes you're like, God, you're expecting God to do something. And maybe your motives are not pure. But it doesn't matter. Because as You know, some saints say, you know, God knows my heart, right? (laughs) He knows that really deep down inside you're expecting him to be God. Okay, maybe that doesn't apply to everyone, but I know it applies to you. You're expecting God to be God. You're expecting God to show up and move in the situation by his word. You're expecting that the finished works of Christ, uh, begin to 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 guide you and aid you in the fulfillment of destiny and purpose. You're expecting something. But but I hear the Lord saying tonight, expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. It said that he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them, and he did. He did receive something from them. He received the greatest thing He could have ever received because silver and gold, all that stuff is passing away. But the word of salvation, it endures forever. The word of God, it endures forever. 
And so he was told, I don't have silver or gold. But what I do have, I give to you. I could just cry right now. <laughs> because he says, such as I, I have, I give it to you. And when you expect God to do as he says according to his word and, and try to get away from what, what you think it should look like, um, there's a time and a place for that. I truly believe there's a time and a place for that, for us to receive according to the way we saw it. I mean, scripture even backs that up because uh, the Bible says that in Jeremiah, he says, you know, what do you see? You know, I see an almond tree. I see this. I see that. And he says, you know, you've seen well, and I stand ready to perform my word. Uh, but above all else, trusting and just giving God the, the, the wiggle room, giving him the liberty within yourself to just do what he does best. And that is just be God. He is so amazing magnificent and wonderful in all of his ways you know these days after a pandemic and so many other transitions of life I just find myself sometimes just saying you know Lord your way is just perfect I love the way you did that God and making a practice of that because now those promises they're like they're like surprises you know, you don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to look and how it's going to roll itself out. But you know it's going to happen. So just expecting God to be God, he was able to receive all that God had for him. And again, there's so much more in this story. I want you to be encouraged in your expectation and if you feel like you're expecting something that's too crazy, too ridiculous, always take it to the word of God. Always take it to the word of God. If you can find, and I'm not talking about just finding it for any reason, but if this desire in your heart, if this thing that seems to just nag and nag and burn in, in, you know, in you, Ask the Lord, like, God, if this is according to your will, you got to show me in your word so that I can just expect the unexpected from you. Because, God, I don't have any limitations on you. There is no boundary for you. You do what you have to do. You do what you want to do. As a matter of fact, do everything that you've written in the Lamb's Book of Life concerning me. <laughs> you know? I will, I just 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 do that, Lord, and I'm just gonna expect you. My expectation, my anticipation, is just for you to do your will and your word in my life, in the way you see fit. And so, uh, such as He has, He's given to us. We expect it to change and look a certain way. And God exceeded that expectation. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think according to the power that's working in us. Wow. Wow. 
exceedingly and abundantly above all I could have ever asked or thought. And I just want to encourage you, not like the lame man, don't expect stuff. You know, God is, (laughs) man, if that stuff is not going to bring glory to the kingdom, if that stuff is not going to bring attention to the name of God, uh, if that, that, that thing you're you're praying for if it's not going to win souls to the kingdom if that thing that you're you're desiring in your inner man is just not it's just not going to bring glory to the name of our lord jesus christ it's okay table it i'm not gonna say totally get rid of it but just table it write it down on a sheet of paper tuck it away somewhere until you're ready for god to get the glory out of that request God was not getting the glory out of this lame man just sitting at the temple gate. He wasn't being glorified in that. But when he he was glorified, and when this man received the unexpected, out of all the people that went in and out of the temple that day, I'm pretty sure he was not expecting to hear silver, silver, silver and gold I do not have. <laughs> he was probably... Again, the Bible says that he he looked back, he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. He he knew he was gonna get something. He was like, Oh yeah, you guys are definitely gonna give something to me. It's that eye contact because we've been locked out we didn't locked eyes. Oh, I got you now. But they were he was not expecting to be healed. He was not expecting to walk ever again. He was not expecting to leap and praise God. He was not expecting that, <laughs> but it happened for him. And I know that it'll happen for you. So just to conclude this victory of the night with you, read this for yourself. Read Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. Ask the Lord to open your eyes to see it the way he wants you to see it. And what I thank God so much for this this biblical account is that it says in verse 10, Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I'm wondering how many people want to see and how many people will look at look at us with wonder and amazement when we stop trying to live from the outside in and begin to live from the inside out such as he had he gave to us he gave us the holy spirit the bible says that i will not he says in the book of john says i will not leave you comfortless I will not leave you comfortless. He gave us the very thing that helped him walk and fulfill destiny, fulfill the assignment to the cross. He gave that to us. He gave us his righteousness. He gave us his holiness. He gave us his love. He gave us his power. He gave us his word. Scripture says that he regards his word above his own name. These are just 
some of the things he gave to us. He gave us keys of authority. He gave us a place to be called sons and daughters. He gave us his name. We now carry the name that is above every name. We, we, we carry that. We're glory. He gave us his glory. John 17. I mean, there's just so many things that God gave to us. But I'm wondering, what will it take for us to begin to seek, find, and hold fast to those things that he has given us? And so if you are in a night season, I pray that this brings victory to your soul. That you can rest and know that such as he has, he has given it to you. Have a good night and you are victorious.